Welcome back to Left of Normal, where everything that isn't right is left, and everything that is left is right. I'm your host, Scott Siri. Before we get into this, I want you to remember that you are awesome and you're amazing. And you can help me to reach more people by being awesome and liking, commenting, sharing, tagging, or otherwise doing those little clicky, clicky things that show your support and don't actually cost you any money. So last week, we didn't have a podcast. Uh, I did link back to a previous episode about how many people like to be alone, but nobody really likes to be lonely. In an age that's filled with social media, it's even more important than ever to build relationships and to check in on one another to ensure that we're all navigating this life effectively and efficiently. The week before that, I was off gallivanting around South Texas on Friday, that Friday that I was gone, uh, when the podcast usually drops, I was actually heading to Big Bend National Park for a little outdoor exploration. So I thought it was it would be appropriate to drop a link to an episode that talks about how nature is lovely and wonderful and actually quite predictable. Even the unpredictable parts of nature, like wildlife, weather, various other parts of nature, they're actually quite predictable when you know what to look for and how to avoid being eaten by bears. Generally speaking, it's just keep the food out of your camp. This week, we're taking a look at a topic suggested by Alex Clark. He brought up the idea about hyperfixations and how many of those on the spectrum find these neat little topics, if you will, and they zone in on them intensely. Now, I've talked about special interests before. I've dipped into that idea a little bit. But special interests, I feel, are different than these hyperfixations. They're a bit more of a long-term infatuation with a topic, idea, concept, craft, maybe. And they're less fleeting than a hyperfixation. The goal of that special interest is a bit different as well. With a special interest, you learn all about one particular topic, usually very in-depth, and you just kind of stick with it for years and years. It's more of becoming the expert on it and knowing all the things because it's really cool. For instance, trains are neat, and a lot of those with ASD like to learn about trains. For the normies out there, they might call these special interests hobbies, but I kind of feel they're more intense than a hobby. And they can actually turn into thriving careers for those who figure out their interests early on in life and are able to hone in on them. For me, one of my interests was, and still is, archaeology. I loved it, I read about it, I studied it, and I pursued it as a career. However, just becoming an archaeologist or going into archaeology isn't really that easy easy. It's a whole lot easier to, you know, become a manager at Walmart or something similar. Anyway, there's a lot of schooling that needs done, and then even just landing the job as an archaeologist. Even a grunt field worker that digs in the dirt for the summer and then is laid off every year proved to be futile. Hyperfixations, however, as opposed to special interests, they're different. They're concepts, ideas, topics, or just 
things that we can focus on really hard, but often for a very short period of time. It might be a TV show, a video game, maybe a book or a series of books, just a a topic in general, a hobby, or something else. But they tend to only last a little while, sometimes maybe a day or even just a part of a day or even just like an hour. And I believe the reason is that these fixations are more of a means to escape. They aren't the special interest where we zone in on them because they're super awesome and they're fun and we want to learn everything there is to learn about it, but rather a method method of detaching when things are just kind of overwhelming or too much. So let's see how this works. For myself, there are various degrees of these fixations, and they have to do with how much time I have, how far away I can get, and just you know, what's bugging me? What what am I trying to zone out and separate from? So we can step start with one where whenever I need to just turn my brain off for a minute or just fixate on something that isn't life in general. I have a handful of really dumb games on my phone. Uh, sometimes I'll discover a new one or you know, new to me anyway. I'll open it up. I'll play for a little while. And these forays into quote-unquote gaming, because I'm not like a real gamer. I don't have the sick setup and, you know, the gaming chair and headphones that detach me from the world. Anyway, they don't last long, these little gaming sessions. Maybe an hour if I have the time to sit and poke at a screen like a monkey for an hour. But there are times when I just need to detach and tune out. So... Maybe on the weekend it might be a little bit longer because there's not a lot going on. I'm drinking my coffee in the morning and I just want to poke at blinky lights for a while and not think about really anything. But generally what happens is after a while I I just get bored or a lot of these new games are riddled with so many ads that it just becomes more frustrating than anything. And and then I kind of toss that one to the side and go about my day, or find a different outlet for my fixations. These little short-term micro-hyperfixations are generally something that's readily available, easy to access, like a game on your phone. But they can also come in different forms. So if if your family member, maybe your child or someone has autism, or you suspect they're on the spectrum, you can kind of watch for these fixations, It's especially when they start to get a little bit overwhelmed or there's a lot going on, so they can zone in on one thing. They can be books that I'm currently reading or they are currently reading, and I just do a deep dive into the current literature du jour. Uh, Sometimes fixations can manifest as cleaning the house. Uh, Usually finding the weird, obscure parts of the house that really don't get cleaned often, such as like the top of cabinets or behind the fridge or something like that. They need cleaned, but nobody really checks there. And so zoning out or if I got a bunch going on with work and I'm at a weird stopping point, I can do that to completely use a different part of my brain and fixate on cleaning things instead of, you know, dealing with work-related things that need to get done and I can push them off until later. 
Those fixations could be something like organizing the shop or the garage or some sort of time passer like that where I still feel productive, but I'm zoned out into something different. Uh, I'm not huge into puzzles, but puzzles are a great time waster fixation for a lot of people. So moving on, there are times when you can dedicate a bit more time to your fixation. It's more than the off half an hour here, hour there, whatever you want to do to escape. And let's say, I don't know, maybe like half a day or so. Now these fixations are similar, but without kind of set up and tear down, tear down time, you can't get into them as easily as picking up your phone, playing a game for 20 minutes and then putting it down. So I have a few of these. Uh, right now, as we are approaching our first frost, uh, it might actually happen tonight. Well, by the time you listen to this, it'll happen, you know, previous night, but you know, whatever. First frost is coming. Uh, the gardening fixation is winding down. Throughout the late spring, summer, and early fall, I can get out there and just kind of get lost in the plants. If I have the time, I could just spend hours and hours just tilling and weeding, moving plants, harvesting them, trimming them, just anything garden related. It's actually a really great place to immerse yourself. I personally believe that every one of us should take up gardening on some sort of scale. A lot of people don't have the room for a full-on garden, so a small raised bed that grows a tomato plant and a pepper plant would be absolutely awesome. Because you can grow your own healthy food at home, and in part, you also get these weird microorganisms that are in the dirt, and they're super beneficial. They help create a healthier body, which tends to lead to healthier mental health. Anyway, gardening, it's a great mental health activity. Take it up next year because this season's uh, about over. Now, aside from gardening, I do have a nice uh, workshop attached to my house. Unfortunately, it often becomes a dumping ground for things that don't have a better home or don't fit like in the garage, and I'm constantly stepping over things in that shop. And then it gets used less and less because I'm just absolutely frustrated with not being able to do anything in the messy shop. And so then eventually I'm like, enough is enough. I go out there, I clean it, I get it all organized. And then that becomes my kind of hyper fixation for the next couple of weeks until things start piling up in there again. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was fixated on getting my steps in, exercising, uh, training to climb Granite Peak. Uh, one of my special interests is in mountain climbing in the outdoors, so this hyperfixation of getting 10,000 or more steps every day kind of jived with that special interest. I ended up borking my knee a year and a half ago or so, and then again half a year ago, and then last week, and so it's like all messed up. I still get my 10,000 steps or more. I believe I'm, uh, I'm on day like number 630 or 635, which I can't really tell tell anymore because Google bought Fitbit and they got rid of the step streak counter. So now it's kind of pointless to get my 10,000 or more steps because I don't know how many days in a row. If you have the means, I highly recommend emailing Fitbit and telling them to put that step streak counter back on the app. Anyway, cooking and baking, they can be great mid-level hyperfixations. Uh, they often take a form of not just cooking, uh, but cooking one thing in particular. And by that I mean like 
uh, several years ago, we had a, an abundant tomato harvest, and I said, I'm going to start making salsa. And I made a lot of salsa that year, gallons and gallons of it. Uh, making jerky from wild game kind of became a fixation to exercise those cooking skills. Making bread or testing out recipes to make homemade crackers. I never really got into that one because they never turned out quite right. They just turned into little, like, uh, flower pellets type thing. Anyway, I'd add in, you know, beer making, mead making. Recently, Jessica got into kombucha, so making kombucha a little bit. Now, those are uh, less of the hyperfixations because they take considerable planning, investment, and time. And so they kind of move over into that special interest category. All right, so that brings us to the hyperfixation that takes a little bit more time, like the whole day or maybe two days. Now, I just kind of blur these into special interests because there's so much planning that you don't want to just zone out for a little while. You can't. You have to kind of tune out for a day or two, and then things happen, and people get mad because you turned your phone off and nobody knows where you are. I'm going to kind of go through these, but I'm not differentiating these as hyperfixations. They're really more special interests. They can kind of fall into both categories. On my side of things, that's that woodworking. Some of those projects, they take a long time. Landscaping around the house, updates to the house. It's some uh, Somewhat of cooking and meal prepping can kind of fall into this. I also enjoy things like planning and mapping out vacations and road trips. For me, sometimes that planning part of the vacation is actually just as exciting as the vacation itself. Especially after I've looked at 11,000 pictures of the destinations where we plan to go. I've measured distances, and I've looked it all over on the computer and in my head, and I have it all mapped out, and I have a nice linear idea of what's going to happen. And now I want to see how my mental interpretations come to real come to fruition in real life. Uh, other fixations, interests, camping, backpacking, rock climbing, hunting, fishing, they all fall into this category. Back in the day when I was a teenager, skiing took up a lot of space in my mind and every single weekend throughout the winter. And then looking back, I kind of see those signs of being on the spectrum and how obsessed with it I was, but back then it was just something I liked to do. All right, so I know a lot of my listeners have children on the spectrum, and they're thinking, hey, that's great, Scott, but uh, I don't think CPS would like it if I start brewing beer with my kids as a means of zoning out from real life. Okay, I have a handful of ideas. Some of them I've seen in my own son, uh, where kids can kind of zone in on hyperfixations, help them eliminate the stressors of the world, and just mentally relax and reset. First of all, if you have a child on the spectrum, plop an atlas or a map down in front of them and see what happens. Maps are cool. They're fun. Uh, having atlases and maps will help your young kid learn, if nothing else. They're kind of a hyperfixation special interest that kind of merges together. I remember hours and hours on car rides as a kid where I'd just sit with the map, the atlas in my lap and I'd check the road signs, and then I'd find where we are, and I'd measure the distances, and I'd calculate out, okay, it's 15 miles, we're going 60-ish miles per hour, 15 more minutes, we should be at this town, and then I'd check my work by waiting 15 minutes and seeing if we got to that town. 
Video games, to an extent, are great. I played a ton of video games as a kid, and look at me, I grew up completely abnormal. Let your children play video games. Just make sure they're not getting so sucked into them that other areas of their life are being affected. Uh, Holden, my son, gets sucked into particular TV shows. He's currently obsessed and came back to this uh, obsession. He was obsessed before, and he's back to it with a show called Brain Games. It's actually really fascinating. talks about how our brain works and quite educational. Along that, those lines, there are tons of intellectual toys out there. One that we subscribe to for a while. It comes to your house every single month. It's called Kiwi Crate. Uh, it's a STEM-based learning activity experience disguised as a toy. If your kids are into any sorts of science, math, engineering, technology, whatever else STEM stands for, highly recommend looking into that one. It was, it was pretty cool. And then we have them labeled. We put them all back in the boxes, labeled them, and they're in the closet. So if he wants to go back and relearn things, he can. Outdoor toys are wonderful. Uh, Holden has a hoverboard, loves to zip around the neighborhood and that. But you don't even have to get that fancy. Uh, a couple sticks and a pine cone and... He's content for quite a while. Kinetic sand, some stuff called floof. It's like, a, I don't know, not a putty, but not a sand type thing. Other tactile things. They help reduce anxiety, refocus the mind, and hyperfixate kids for a little while. Uh, sometimes these fixations can be as simple as going to the park and then just letting your kid run around. Let him get fixated on just getting some exercise, burn off some calories, wear out the mind and the body at the same time. All right, so as we're wrapping this one up, I wanted to posit the idea of whether or not hyperfixations are good or bad. Is it good to get wrapped up in a particular topic or activity or an idea so much that you're distracting yourself from everyday life? Or is it uh, not a good idea and we should be more intentional about facing things head on. For me personally, my belief is for those of us who are neurospicy, it's a completely better way of saying neurodivergent, and thank you to my friend Ty Kershane for putting me onto that one. Neurospicy people need something different than normies. Uh, we don't really get the option of just ignoring, moving on, turning off, or otherwise coming to terms <clears throat> coming to terms with thoughts that are banging around inside of our head. So these hyperfixations can help to hit the pause button or hit the reset button or calm us down or return us to a less erratic way of thinking. But I want to know, what are your thoughts? Leave me a comment, tag me in one of your posts, let me know. Uh, I'm all over various social medias, generally under some variation of my name, Scott Siri. Pretty easy to find, even if you just Google that name. I'm the only Scott Siri that I know of. For now, you've had a peek into the world where everything left is right. And if it feels right, then it must be left. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, please like, comment, subscribe, join the Facebook community. Feel free to ask any questions you have over there. Remember that most of us left of normals have at least one hyperfixation that when we get zoned in on it, it's our means of coping. And of course, share this podcast with your friends, whether they are left, normies, or right. <laughs>